Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Answer to the need, many seeds. Answer to the need, many seeds. If I could draw your attention to the verses we just read, that's saying, yeah, there were some Greeks who came to the festival. There were some folk who weren't born Israelite, some folks that weren't necessarily typical Christians. There were folks who came to the festival that were of Greek origin. There were people that were coming around the stuff of God and coming around the things of God and coming around the people of God that weren't necessarily traditionally raised with church tradition. And they came to this festival and said, we would like to see Jesus. We see a lot of church stuff. We'd like to see Jesus. We know there's a festival. We'd like to see Jesus. We understand it's Easter. We'd like to see Jesus. We understand it's churchy day, but we'd like to see Jesus. This is supposed to be the biggest church day of the year, but what we'd really like to see is Jesus. Can we see Jesus? Sir, they were respectful. Can we see Jesus? And they go and tell Jesus, and Jesus' reply is, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. The other day I had a conversation with some people that were working the landscaping at my house. Folks that do the landscaping, folks that do the work at my house, I went to have a conversation with them. Part of the reason why I went to have a conversation with the guys that were out there working was because there's been some stuff going on with my grass, and they told me my grass was going to look a certain kind of way, and I didn't like how my grass looked. And so they came in last year, and they said, look, we're going to kill everything, and what you got here ain't the right stuff, and so we're going to get rid of the wrong stuff, and we're going to plant this new stuff, and you'll see when the new stuff comes up, it's going to be right. But now I'm walking around looking at my grass, and what I see, I don't like. It don't look like I want it to look. They told me it's going to look a certain way, but right now I'm not happy with what I see. And so I went to talk to one of the workers so they could explain to me why this is patchy over here. And why is this yellow over here? And why does this look like this over here? And why am I not seeing exactly what I want to see? But the problem was when I went to speak to the worker, there was a language barrier. Because the guys that were doing the work we're Mexican guys. And so now I'm trying to talk to them. They're 
trying to talk to me. I can look down on them for not speaking English. They can look down on me for not speaking no Spanish. So what happened was the guy said, wait a minute. He pulled out his phone and he called his boss. Now his boss is the guy who is over them. And so now he started to talk to the guy on the phone in Spanish. The guy spoke to him in Spanish. Then the guy started to speak in English to me through the phone. And we started to have this exchange in this moment. And then finally, the boss guy said, listen, are you going to be there? And I said, yes. He said, I'll just come to you and talk to you myself. And when he showed up, he started to walk around with me and he started to show me that just because I don't like what I see don't mean that it's not to turn around. And you know what's interesting is I was a little bothered by it, but I felt it in the moment because I felt like, you know what, Lord, this is kind of like how I am. Here I am standing here Really, I'm just a worker. It's Easter. I'm supposed to have some kind of profound message. I'm trying to tell you. I don't know if I'm the phone. I don't know if I'm the worker. I don't, but what I really need is I need the boss, the one who has a plan for your life, the one who has a design for your life, to actually speak to you directly himself. Because I'm trying to speak your language and you're trying to understand what I'm trying to say to you. But the one who really can speak to you is God himself who really has a plan for you. But I also recognize how challenging it can be when there's a language barrier. I think to myself, how difficult it must be for God to talk to us. The worker knows what's going on with my grass. He's trying to communicate it to me that just because I don't see it in this season don't mean I'm not going to see it in another season. I need to wait a little bit longer. And this is weeds and this is good grass and this is weeds and we're going to kill this. And if you just give us a little bit more time, but because we didn't speak the same language, he couldn't communicate it to me. And for a second I st stood back and I thought, God, Here's this man who understands the lawn and understands the grass and is trying to explain to me that there's a blessing coming to me if I can just be patient. But the problem is we don't speak the same language. And I thought to myself, my God, what it must be like for God to try to talk to us. I can give you another example of it. It's even worse probably. I remember when my kids were young, we had a little dog that we called Zero. 
Called him Zero because he was brown and white. He looked like the Zero candy bar. That's why we called him Zero. He was a little Shih Tzu. So he was one of them little dogs. He wasn't no real dog. He was a fake dog. He wasn't no real dog that you let outside. He didn't like that. He was an in-the-house dog. He was a scared of everything dog. And now we lived in the country, so he's scared of hawks and scared of everything dog. He was the kind of dog that wanted to be with you all the time. Followed you everywhere you went. And every su Sunday was his worst day. Because when we would be getting up and getting dressed and getting ready to go, he could tell we about to leave. And he's running around and he's coming to us and he's, and he's crying. And, and as soon as we would leave out the door... And go into the, to go get in the car. You could hear him in the house. And somebody would go in the house and say, Zero, it's okay. We're going to be back. We're just going to church. It's only going to be two hours if dad don't preach on forever. It's only going to be a little bit. And we'll be right back. And they'd kiss him and hug him. And, and, they would, and they'd pat him. And I just shook my head at that dog. But Because as soon as they left out the house, ah, ah, And I thought to myself, this poor dumb dog. Right when I thought that, well, not right when I thought that, the Lord said, Yeah, I know exactly how he feels. I said, Lord, what you mean? He said, just because you don't see me every second don't mean that I'm not present. But let something bad happen, and you're like, Trump is president. Something going on with the dollar. Some dude broke up with you. The minute something bad goes wrong, you get to crying. And just because he's not near don't mean he's gone. But how difficult it is for God to get you to understand that just because things are tough does not mean he's not in your life. Just because you feel the loneliness or the separation from God in a moment doesn't mean that he's not there. It makes me realize, wow, God. And I know I'm making us dogs. Yep, to, to, to God, that's what we are. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But what I'm saying is to us and God, in communication, it's just not easy. It makes me look at this passage. There's some Greeks. They want to see Jesus because Jesus is famous. Not only is he a Messiah, not only is he powerful, he's famous. His Instagram is killing. Everything he does goes viral. Okay, he's got it going on. He's big time. He shows up, there's crowds. This is actually the week he's about to die. This here in John 12, this is after the triumphal entry. Oh, Palm Sunday, that's already happened. The, the alabaster box, the pure nard, broken on his feet, that's already happened. And and. We are in a little place here. 
And quite honestly, somebody sent me something today just even talking about Good Friday. We got to realize how much of this stuff is holidays versus the reality. Because if Jesus was in the ground three days and three nights, then how could he have died on Friday and be resurrected on Sunday morning? That don't make sense. That's about a day and a half. What's much more likely was that he was, he was crucified sometime either early Thursday or late Wednesday because he got up first thing Sunday morning. But my point is, is that this is this week. Somebody comes to see Jesus. Greeks come to see him. See, if it was us, we'd be like, oh, yeah, who come to see me? Hey, what's up? Jesus, and we would have been there and say, yeah, signing autographs and taking selfies with people and taking pictures and I'm with Jesus, backing it up. We, that's what we would have done. But Jesus' response is very different. He says, now the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Even the idea of being glorified is different than when we think glorified. Because when we think glory and we think glorified, we think something amazing happened. We don't think crucified. He says, no, no, no. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. When we shout, glorify your name in church, we don't mean kill me. <laughs> we don't mean crucify me. We mean, Lord, save me. We mean, Lord, work a miracle. We mean, Lord, make a way. Where there seem to be no way. When we say, Father, get the glory, if you say right now, God, get the glory. If I start telling you, God, about to get the glory out of your life, you start thinking, woohoo. God about to fix my thing. But when Jesus screams, glorify your name, he's screaming it above his own issues with Calvary. When he says, Father, you get the glory. In other words, he's saying, what am I, what should I say? Save me from this hour, if that was us. That's exactly what we'd be saying. Exactly what we would say is, save me from this hour. Any hour we don't like, we want to be saved from the hour. I don't know why it's so quiet in here. Like, y'all ain't never been in church before. Let, let anything bad happen. I think they're laying folks off today. Father, save me from this hour. I think you need to come in and get checked out. Oops, Father, save me. I don't receive it. Father, save me from this hour. What, what? And for us to say, Lord, get the glory, even if you have to take me through this. I know this is a different kind of Easter message. It's, it's a different kind of Easter message. I'm sorry. You'll have to forgive me because I, I kind of care and I don't care. I'm at a point right now where I, I, I'm glad you're here and I don't really care anymore because I, I want you to know what Easter's really about. Because Easter is not just about you being saved. He actually says, see, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. 
But if it dies, it produces many seeds. I've never seen this before. And he changes forever the perspective of what this is even about. We were taught that Easter is about the death and resurrection of Christ because Jesus died for your sins to cover your sins with the blood so you can get it, so you can go, won't bust head wide open. And thanks be to God, everyone whose sins are covered, and if you make a commitment to Christ, all true, that he died for the sins of the world, that's all true. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And so we got to cover your blood, your sins with the blood of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb. That is what we made this about. We made this about the supernatural saving power of the blood of Jesus that reaches to the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength. I ain't knocking it because I wouldn't be here without the blood. And I don't know where I'd do without the blood. And I don't know where I'd, how I'd think without the blood. And I plead the blood. I plead the blood over you, and I plead the blood over everybody that belongs to you, and I plead the blood of Jesus over all of your stuff and all of your money. Praise God for it. But I want you to understand, there's a different perspective that I want you to have today. I want you to see that what Jesus is saying is that the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is an example of of the seed fruit transition. He's talking to an agricultural world. He's talking to a group of people that are farmers. That's why I wore this outfit. He's talking to a group of people that know what it's like to farm. He's talking to a bunch of people who understand what dirt is like. He's talking to a bunch of people who he wants them to understand that just because you see dirt don't mean it's a bad thing. We have come to a place in our world, in our life, where we only see dirt as a negative. To us, dirt is just something to clean but in their time, you knew good dirt when you felt it. You knew good dirt when you smelt it. They even knew how to taste dirt. They knew that there was good dirt and there was bad dirt. And the reason why you needed good dirt was because without good dirt, would nothing grow. But if you took a seed and you planted it in dirt, something miraculous would happen. The seed that you put in the earth would die, but then it would grow out and become something that produced many seeds. Beloved, this, I'm sorry, but I, what I'm suggesting to you for your consideration is that Easter is a planting of an original seed, which is Christ. Christ is more than just the lamb slain for the salvation of the world. Christ is a seed that God decided to plant in the earth in that season. 
so that he could produce many seeds. I'm going to make everybody clap for it, whether you get it or not. So that he could produce many seeds. I'm trying to help us and correct something. We made a mistake. My generation was one of the main ones that did it. We made a mistake. We told you that this was just about you. We told you that this was just save you, heal you, deliver you, set you free. Sure, that is a part of it. But that's not all that it's a part of. Jesus is a seed that is supposed to be reproduced in the earth. Ultimately, what he is is Jesus didn't just die to save you. Jesus dies to reproduce himself within you. Jesus dies to represent himself, to reproduce himself inside of you. So to be a Christian doesn't just mean to have favor. To be a Christian means to be the answer. And if right now you just feel like you are, if your situation is dirty, you know what? That simply means that God has decided in this moment, in this time, in this day to plant something brand new in the earth, which is you. The reason why there's dirt everywhere is because you're about to spring up and be something really powerful that you could not be without that dirt. You know why there's crap everywhere? It's because crap is a fertilizer for dirt. <laughs> the reason why it happens is because you need it for you to actually cultivate the seed which is you. You wouldn't be you without difficulty. You wouldn't be you without a hard thing. You wouldn't be you if people didn't doubt you. I need a will. You wouldn't be you if folk didn't talk about you. You wouldn't be you if everybody liked you. You wouldn't be you if everybody was on your side. Everybody wasn't on Christ's side. Why would everybody be on your side? If all you see is Christ as an answer to all your problems, then you're missing the bigger picture. The bigger picture is that Christ is sown in the earth in one of the most wretched, horrible times. It so relates to us. Because right now, our culture is becoming more and more Babylonian, more and more Roman, more and more secular, more and more polytheistic, more and more insane. If you do not realize how insane the times are, you just can't see and you just don't know God. But the truth of the matter is that there are atheists who are starting to believe in God right now because of how much noise the devil's making. And so, if... Dirt is everywhere. That's not a bad thing. Because really what Easter is about, it's about the answer. If you look in your world, whether it's America or Australia or Kenya or Ghana or South Africa, Nigeria, whatever country you're in. If you look at your world and you are shaking your head, 
if you are shaking your head at the next generation, if you are shaking your head at the people around you, if you are shaking your head at what they're teaching in the schools, if you are shaking your head at how heathen everybody, if you are shaking your head at our culture, we African-American, you must be shaking your head. Can't be, you can't watch BET without shaking your head. If you're white, you got to shake your head. If you're Hispanic, you got to shake your head. Whatever culture you're from, you can't see God and not see the need that's in the world. Somebody's going to have to talk to me a little bit. I can't preach a sermon all by myself. You can't, you can't look at the world and not see the need. You can either complain about how evil the world is, or you could realize that Christ is here to be the answer. Now, I know, like me, you were taught Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. I was taught that same thing. But, I, and he is the answer. But let me tell you how he's, he's the answer. He's the answer because Christ in you is the hope of glory. And one of the mistakes we made is we have turned all of us into Holy Ghost church consumers. In which all we're looking for is favor. All we do is walk around rebuking any demon that would stop us from being rich. Oh, we rebuke every poverty demon, and I rebuke every lose-your-job demon, and I rebuke every layoff demon, and I rebuke every I-don't-own-my-own-thing demon. And what about all the other demons? Ain't nobody worried about them demons as long as I get what I need. No, no. The problem is that you don't really get Christ trying to get life. Jesus said, yes, yeah, see, if you let... The world fill you with a desire just for worldly things. You will never find joy. You'll never find joy chasing joy. You'll never find happiness chasing happiness. I need a word. You will never find peace chasing peace. You don't find joy in joy. You find joy in purpose. You find joy and a calling. You find joy and being committed to something greater than just yourself. It sounds like gobbledygook. Whoever saves a life will lose it. Whoever's willing to lose their life for my sake will find it. It's like we, we can't even barely understand because we're so driven by our appetites that we miss the real call. You're here to be the answer. Tell somebody, you're here to be the answer. That was so weak. Touch somebody else, say, you're here to be the answer. 
Stop looking for everybody else to be the hero of your story. Stop being the victim. Stop being the one that everybody else got to rescue you. Jesus came to rescue you by filling you with him so that you can stand up and say, you know what? This is what happened to me, but I'm coming out of that. This is what they did to me, but I'm coming out of that. This is how they hurt me, but that's not going to be for me. I might be here right now, but this is not where I'm going to end up. And you keep an eye on me because when I get done, not only will I be blessed, but you'll be blessed. Hey, you'll be blessed. Hey, you'll be blessed. Hey, you'll be blessed. Not only will God bless me, but he'll make me a blessing. What happened to that? What happened to that? What happened to you counting whether or not your life counted? It's why I read Isaiah 9. I'm almost done. This is so good. This is why I read Isaiah 9. Because he said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Did you know that the darker it is, the brighter the light? Ask any hunter. You could turn your headlight on at 5 or 6, but that light is really bright when it's dark. The light barely makes any difference until it's pitch black. There's no way we ought to be afraid of the darkness because the darker the darkness, the brighter the light. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, shadow of death, a light has dawned. I know folks are saying, Pastor Andy, this is a Christmas prophecy. Why are you preaching this on Easter? You got, your, you got your holidays mixed up. No, I do not. What I'm telling you is that this prophecy about Christ is a prophecy about us. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church/podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. If Christ is the seed and we are the fruit, then these qualities or these powers are supposed to be what we are supposed to reproduce in the earth. For unto us, a child is born. So number one, we are supposed to be a child of God. That means you must be born again. Nicodemus says, what, am I going to enter my mother's room? And it's, Jesus is like, no, what are you talking about? What I mean is, I mean you've got to have faith. Like a child. You gotta have love like a child. You gotta be willing to start over. You gotta be willing to get in some water. You gotta stop thinking you know everything. You gotta stop thinking you so grown. You gotta be somebody that can't nobody. You gotta stop being somebody that can't nobody tell nobody nothing to. It may be time to get some humility like a child. It may be time to get some faith like a child and step out of your comfort zone and be a child of God because not only do you need to be a child of God so you won't bust hell wide open, but you need a child to be a child of God because the earth, sorry, earth needs 
children of God. The earth needs some people that can listen. The culture needs some people that can listen. His, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A son, a daughter. That word son means mature offspring. That word son means somebody that you can trust to take care of you when you're old. This means somebody you could trust your inheritance to. Someone who's responsible. So Christ was child. Christ was son. Sons and daughters. The Bible says that all of creation is waiting for the sons and daughters to be revealed. All of creation is waiting for that. That means the earth, the culture, the time, the world is waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be grown. The time for us being children is over. We start as children and we relearn and we're born again. But at some point, you got to eat meat, not milk. Some point, we got to be able to trust you with something. Some point, you got to be able to take on some kind of responsibility. Not only do you need that for God, you, the, the, the earth needs that. The planet needs that. The culture needs that. The culture needs grown folk. Man, these amens are weak, but I love this sermon. The culture need grown folk. Why is our culture so determined to stay immature? Why do we find immaturity so funny? Why is that funny? Why are grown folk who don't know how to act funny? What is wrong with us? That we want to be babies forever. When I was a child, I couldn't wait to get out of my mama's house. I don't know if there's anybody. I could not wait to get out of my mama's house. I'm just going to say that one more time. I could not wait to get out of my mama's house so I could love her and not want to kill her. 17, 18, we was tugging at the We was like, we got to get up out of here. You can't be 38 years old playing video games. At some point, you're going to have to be grown and get a job and a car and pay some taxes. I don't know who I'm talking to. At some point, we need grown man to be grown man. We need grown women. Take care of your own baby. Stop leaving with your mama. Why do we want to be babies forever? Son, daughter, it's mature offspring. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. That means 
leader. Do you know how much our community needs leadership? I'm going to speak leadership over this. Do you understand how much our community needs leadership? Do you understand how much our world needs leadership? Do you know how much the world needs somebody that can just say something that makes some sense? The enemy is so smart, he has compartmentalized us into the foolish. People don't think we have nothing good to say. A time is coming and has now come. When the world is going to be looking for somebody that can keep their head and the government can be on their shoulders. So you go from child to son, daughter to leader. It's not just that you need church. It's that church needs you. It's not enough just for you to get it through a screen. At some point, you've got to serve your world. You can't just be here for shoes and coffee and microlinks and nails and cars. It'll all fade away at some point. You've got to ask yourself, what you going to leave here? And are we better now than we were when we got here? I would argue that we are not. I would argue that we are one of the lowest places we've ever been in our culture. Our culture is ratchet. You don't need another weave. Help me, Holy Ghost. You don't need another cup of coffee. You don't need another car. You don't need another rim. Is this what Dr. King marched for? Did he march so that we could become this wretched? My God, help us. Somebody got to step up and be a leader in the commute. I'm going to sit here till somebody say something to me. Tell a brother say something to me. Somebody got to go and talk to these young men and say, young man, there's a better way for you to go. Young man, there's a better way for you to live your life. You don't have to throw your life away like this. Let me lead you. Let me speak to you. Let me talk to you. Let me stop thinking about me. Oh, I need a witness in here. We just wait. We sitting around here waiting for Jesus to be the, 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 the government on his shoulders. And the government's going to be on his shoulders. No, no, that means that he's in us. And leadership is on us. Wonderful counselor. Notice how it doesn't say wonderful condemner. When we start talking, folks should want us to hear us talk. We should say, young man, let me talk to you real quick. He ought to be happy. He shouldn't be like, oh, here we go. No, no. He ought to be like, what do you have to do? Listen, son, listen, not trying to offend you, but if I had it to do all over again, let me tell you what I'd do. I would save this. I would save that. I'd lose. I'd leave them big booties alone. I would give, I'd give me a small booty. I, if I could do it all over again, I would save. I would this. I would that. Just want to help you. I want people to leave from you saying, wow, that was some wisdom that made me feel good. It was wonderful counsel. 
It was mighty. It was mighty. It had power. It's mighty God. First, it's mighty. It's power. It's power of wealth. It's power of connections. It's power of job. It's power of business. It's power of, ooh, let me call this one. And let me help you get here. And let me call this one. Ooh, I know someone over there. And let me help this one get that one. I'm so tired of everybody else helping everybody else. And us sitting around watching one another struggle. I don't know what to do with myself. This is the most shameful time. I, I want to have somebody who can make a call and get you hooked up. I need somebody to talk to me. I need somebody with some power. I need somebody who can say, let me call this one and let me call that one. And we'll get you in there right now. That's supposed to be who we're supposed to be. Power with God and power with man. Well, I pray for you. Thank you for praying for me. But do you know anybody hiring? Praise God for all your Holy Ghost, but do you have any connections anywhere? Do you know anybody at any bank? Have you ever made any money? Do you know anything? Thank you for prayer, but I need more than prayer. I need somebody that can hook me up. I need somebody on my side. You know anybody look like me? Anybody think like me? I'm not perfect. I need help. I need help. I need more than Jesus. I'm so tired of folks saying, I'll pray for you. You better do more than pray for me. You better tell me somebody you know. Oh, I got a bank president friend I went to school with at blah, 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 blah. Can I have their card, please? Thank you very much. Can you tell them I'm calling on Monday? What will they do? Tell them Joe called. Thank you very much. Do you know that that's how stuff gets done? Do you know that that's how stuff gets done? Do you know that that's how stuff gets done? That's how your supervisor got their job. That's how your boss got their job. That's how they got their job. Because their uncle, auntie, and their brother went to Stanford together. And that's why they got it. They ain't good. They're not good at the job. They incompetent. They stupid. They don't know what they're doing. But they got a hookup from somebody because they know how to have power and we know how to pray. I am so tired of it. I don't know what to do with myself. I need somebody that's like, God, make me mighty. Talking kingdom in here. I'm telling truth in here this morning. I am telling truth in here this morning. We have been duped. We have been bamboozled. We didn't fall on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock fell on us. And they told us to pray while they hooked each other up. They told us to pray while they made all the money. They told us to pray while they had all the banks. They took, told us to pray while they loaned each other stuff at cost. They told us to pray while they gave each other government issues. They told us to pray and they did a GI program. They told us to pray and they did the GI bill. They told us to pray and they did a land rush. Talk to me. 
I want you to pray, but I want some people with some power. I want some kings and queens. I want somebody who got some power. I want somebody who can make a call. I want somebody who got a contact. I want somebody who went to school with somebody. I speak that over this whole room and over everybody around the world. Make people just like you. I speak favor over you, and not just for you, but for your baby. Why would your baby have to work like you had to work? Can we please have some power? Let's pray in tongues. No, let's pray in English. And let's have an interview in English. And let's have a conversation in English. And let's go. Well, let's have no, 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 no. Let's go down to the golf course. And how about we make a deal? And how about you give me some real estate? And how about you give me my own house? And how about you give it to me at cost? I need a witness in the building. I'm so tired of us doing everything backwards. I'm so tired of the slave religion that they gave us. The devil is a liar. I want you to believe God for more than that. Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. What a demonic idea that is. You got to make something happen for the next generation. I need a witness in the building. If you're with me, wave at me. Say something to me. Say, Pastor Andy, I hear you. It's a different kind of Easter. I want a mighty God and a mighty people. I don't want no mighty God and no weak people. No mighty God and no weak saints. No mighty God and no broke saints. I want a mighty God and some wealthy saints. I want, some, I want a mighty God and some God of contact saints. Father, mother, that means reproduce. Father, mother, sit down, I'm done, I'm done, I'm over. Father, mother, that means reproduce. Everlasting father, everlasting mother. Just because your babies are gone, don't mean you stop mothering. Just because your children are gone, don't mean you stop fathering. Gentlemen, the minute you get gray on you, Be ready to call somebody son. Son, let me help you. Son, let me say something to you. Son, let me talk to you. Son, let me pray for you. Son, let me call somebody for you. You can't keep it to yourself. You can't keep the lessons just for yourself. You've got to reproduce. I know you're a good wife, and you're trying to tell somebody how to be a good one, and they don't want to hear you. Press through. Press through. Tell them, girl, you got to stop talking so much. I know, but I just had something to say. Yeah, don't say that. Bro, this is how you work this. Bro, this is how you do this. Bro, this is how you get here. Bro, this is how you work this. Why are we going to allow the enemy to compartmentalize our success like a cancer? 
This is one of the results of greed. We just want to hire younger people because they're cheaper. But the problem is that there's a wisdom and there's an experience and there's a know-how that the gray hairs have. Do you know that there are skills that are not being passed on anymore? Because we were so quick to get rid of anybody who was a little older for cheaper labor that we lost skills. But beloved, you got to talk. You got wisdom to share. In a fatherless generation, in a motherless generation, you got something to say. Prince of peace. That's royalty. Prince of peace means that you are going to leave something that causes peace. Now, of all of the things that I said, this seventh thing of peace is priceless because we love drama. I'm going to say that one more time so everybody can say amen so the Lord don't strike nobody for lying. We love drama. I love me some drama. <laughs> my Lord, last night I went to sleep watching my favorite show, My 600 Pound Life, and uh, there was so much drama on that show. It stressed my wife out. I just turned over and just went to sleep like, oh, that was some good drama. I love that show. I love it when people don't lose no weight at all. I'm sorry. That's my favorite. A whole two hours and they the same at the end as they were with the beginning. I'm like, whoo, I'm going to sleep now. You know why? Because it shows that if you can change your life, you're special. If you can change, you are unique. Everybody in here who has the power to look at where you are now and go in a different direction, you ain't like everybody else. I feel good about myself. Peace. Peace. We're living in a world that is becoming more and more chaotic. Families coming out of crazy. Kids coming out of crazy. Kids raised by crazy people. I'm on my tiptoes looking for an amen. Kids raised by crazy people. People that ain't even cray-cray. They crazy. And you have to have a castle where they can find peace. They can come in and see a good woman cleaning the kitchen. They can come in and see a good man washing dishes. They can come in and see a man who go to work. They can come in and see a woman who know how to shut up. They can come in and see a child that act right. You know I'm telling the truth. 
you know I'm telling the truth. They need peace. We have to stop looking for peace and give peace. I'm speaking over the room. This is a different kind of Easter. This is a different kind of Easter. This is an Easter in which I want to challenge you to stop looking for a Savior and realize that you have Him. Now be the Savior. You not really, you don't really have the Savior if you're never anybody's Savior. He just said, anyone who is my servant will follow me. That means you've got to figure out what your cross is. We only just, we started only judging Christianity by the move, we started to judge the move by who received. That's how we started judging it. Who got saved today? Who gave their life to the Lord today? Who? That's how we judged it. But, beloved, Christianity was birthed in blood. It was birthed in blood. We stopped playing, stop, stop playing. Because folk think it's the altar call and it's not. Folks is like, ooh, time for me to go to Biscuitville. No, this is not the altar call. Stop playing that altar call music. You really can play that thing, but just stop. People are already sticking their Baptist finger up. He done here. I know he was done. This is 12.20, time to get out of here. Just stop. You used to be in Easter service till 3. Just stop it. Just stop it. We used to judge a move of God. And we've judged the move of God by who all received without acknowledging that Christianity is birthed in blood. It's birthed in sacrifice. That Christ is this first seed. The world was at a place where it was in trouble. God sent his son. To be a sacrifice for us, yes. But he also sent him to be the first seed planted, many brethren. Because the answer to the need is many seeds. Now, we're living in a time right now in which this is a pivotal moment in Christianity. And it's bigger than just who will get saved. Because salvation's free. Okay? Look, okay? Watch this. I absolve you. De absolvo. You're all saved. I just got everybody saved in Jesus' name. Clap your hands. You're all saved. Go ahead and clap. Go ahead and clap. Clap for real. You just got saved. Because the Bible says that... If I forgive sins, they're forgiven. You can look it up in your Bible. I'm an apostle. You are forgiven. You came to church. You're good. If you die tonight, you ain't going to bust head wide open. You can tell them, Jesus and Pastor Andy said, yeah, you're good. I told you, you're good. Now what? 
We do that every week. We do that every year. Beloved, I want this Easter to be different. I, I, what I want you to do this Easter is I want you to sow a seed. I want you to sow a seed this Easter. For all of you who ain't been in church in a while, and I don't, listen, I don't care. I've been preaching for 40 years. I've gotten a million people saved. That's not what it's about. I've gotten millions of people saved. I've never built a building before. We've been here for 20 years. We've been in this building for 12. We got to get out of here. So what I want you to do today is I want you to be Christ and sacrifice. I want you to give the best seed you can give. I'm going to challenge you to give $1,000. I'm going to challenge you to give $1,000. I'm going to give $1,000. I'm going to challenge you to give $1,000. I'm going to challenge you. So, Pastor Andy, I'm going to sow $1,000 into this ground. Ushers are walking around. If you need an offering envelope, you can raise your hand. I'm going to sow $1,000. If you can't sow $1,000, I'm going to sow $500. I'm going to sow into this ground. I'm believing that this is going to be the biggest offering we've ever taken up. We're about to break ground. We're doing this seed offering for Easter. We're doing a miracle offering in the fall. We got to get out of here. And we have got to do something bigger than just shout. We are about to build a building that's going to impact this community. It's called Victory Park. There's going to be basketball courts. There's going to be children's stuff. There's going to be a counseling center. The sanctuary is going to be in the middle of it. We are close. And what I want you to do this morning is sow. Will you sow? You're not saved if you can't sow. But I thought you just said you was made us all saved. That's right. That's right. I pray for everybody to be saved today. But just receiving something from God don't really lock you in. What locks you in is giving. I don't know why it's getting so quiet in here. Because we all give to something. We done made everybody rich. See, this is why I don't like church, because they need my money. You can say that again. How do you think we're going to build this building? With air? I've been here 20 years. If you don't know me by now, you will never, never, never know me. Ain't nobody after your money. I don't count the money. I don't write no checks. I don't have no money. I don't make uh, my my compensation is at a set amount. None of this is going to me. I'm almost 55 years old. We have baptized hundreds of thousands of people. Beloved, we've judged the move by who could receive. Let's judge the move 
by who can give. Can we do that today? Can I make you all clap for that? One of the greatest miracles is when Jesus fed the 5,000. They're saying maybe 15,000 people ate. What happened is Jesus has preached. The disciples are like, send everybody home. It's time for Biscuitville. Jesus says to the disciples, you give them something to eat. The disciples look around and say, what are you talking about? It's, it's 15, there's 10, 5,000, 10,000 people here. What, what do you mean? How can we feed them something? Jesus said, what do you have? There was one boy who came with loaves and fishes. One boy came with loaves and fishes. Let me ask you all a question and those watching around the world. Do you think he was the only person who had lunch? So you got 5,000 people, 5,000 men, maybe 10,000, maybe 15,000 in total. So you're saying 5,000 men, 10,000 people, 15,000 people, only one person had loaves and fish? Or was it much more likely that folks heard and said, what are they trying to do? What are they trying to do? Trying to feed everybody? Trying to build some building around the corner? Trying to bless people that don't even know Jesus? Trying to build some big thing in the middle of COVID? Trying to get out of this space because they lease it and they don't own it? What are they trying to do? They're trying to feed 5,000 people. They're trying to feed 15,000 people. They looked around and was like, oh, yeah, not, I, not, my, not with my lunch. There's no way. No, they kept their lunch in their pocket. If you think only one person has lunch, you, you just, you're not thinking. Jesus took one lunch and fed 15,000 people. 15,000 people went home and said that they had received the miracle of eating from this miracle. But only one person went home and said, Mama, I gave my little to Jesus. And Jesus multiplied it and fed everybody. I'm going to make everybody clap to that because that was better than you gave it. Beloved, don't you dare keep your lunch. I'm asking you for $1,000. I'm asking you for your next new phone. I'm asking you for $1,000. I'm asking you for $500. I'm asking you for $100. I'm asking you to give the best gift you can give right now. I want you to take a picture of that thing right there. You cannot worship the Lord with something that costs you nothing. I will not be a good man of God to you if I don't make you give God something. You'll have to forgive me. I've been very, very sensitive and very, very careful and came here from another place. And I didn't want anybody to think I was just some shyster. And, and so I've taught on it, but not as much. I've never been this bold about it, but I'm old. I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. But what's also true is I'm just too old to play games. Anybody old enough to... 
You don't want to play no games. Come on, talk to me, bro. With the great, you don't want to play no games. I need somebody. It, you get to a place you just don't care no more. You don't like it. Don't come back. Don't come back. I can't watch him. Then don't. Then don't watch. That's why I don't go to that church. Then please don't take up a seat. Don't take up a seat. I need. I'm sorry. I need people in here who want to fight and holler and praise. You better yell at me. I need people that want to see the culture change. I need somebody who's like, yeah, we, we want to help our community. And we're going to build a place that's going to be a light in the darkness. It's not a church. It's going to be a building that never closes 24 hours. There's going to be midnight basketball leagues and all kinds of stuff going on for dudes in trouble. We are going to impact our community significantly, and I need your help. Can I get you to give? Can I get you to give? So if you take a picture of that, you can give. We're going to pass the buckets like we always do, but I want you to give. It's Easter. What about the altar call for salvation? This is it. Everybody who gives is saved. Give $100, you really saved. Give $500, you Holy Ghost filled. You give $1,000, ooh, you are saved. I'm joking, but I'm not. You're not really in a relationship with the Lord if you can't give him nothing. Come on, let's bow here and pray for this offering because folks is bouncing on me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to come. Thank you for this opportunity that we had to shout and run and scream and praise and holler. Thank you that you've got something great for our community, great for our people. Don't be far from us. Don't be far from us. Don't be far from us. Lord, look at us. See us. We are the oppressed. My people, my people. My people. You see what this government has done to us? We are permanent underclass. Set us free. Help us to trust one another. Help us to believe in one another. Help us to do business with one another. Help us to live with one another. You see what they have done to us. Bind us together. For my people, my people. Don't be far from us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. As broken as we are, as lost as we are, as challenged as we are, as locked up as we are, as choked out in the streets as we are, as locked up unjustly as we are, as policed as we are, 
as disenfranchised as we are. Hear our cry. Attend unto our prayer from the ends of the earth. Our hearts are overwhelmed. Lead us to this rock. Work a miracle in us. Trying to build something ourselves for us. We're trying to help us. Thank you for this people that sat patiently and listened and heard. Use us for your glory. I thank you for every person that gives a thousand, every person that gives five hundred, every person that gives a hundred, every person that gives twenty-five, every person that gives ten. Bless them. Thank you for every king and queen. Thank you for every business owner. Thank you for gifts. Thank you for inheritances. Thank you for jobs. Thank you that you bless our seed. Set us free from the hand of the enemy. Deliver us from our adversary. Change our situation. We need you. If we ever needed you before, we need you. And we'll praise you for what you do, what you say. You're worthy. In Jesus' name, put your hands together and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. If you will remain seated while the buckets are passing. But I don't want somebody to declare in this room that I am the need that Jesus has. God needs you. This church needs you. I heard Pastor Andy say several things, not only your giving, but your service. And so we have opportunities out in the lobby when we leave that you can join World Overcomers. You can sign up to serve in a myriad of areas and push the vision forward. We want you to stay with us for a little while. We have some activity out in the lobby. We have a train that's gonna be going around in the lobby for the kids. Uh, we have, our cafe is open. We have popcorn, we have a candy table. Uh, we have two photo stations. We want you to commemorate your day here with us at World Overcomers Christian Church, amen. Are you glad that you came to church today? Come on, come on, put your hands together. Aren't you glad God cleared up the sky, all the rain we've been having the last couple of days? Y'all sounded real good on that. Amen. <laughs> Listen, we thank you so much for spending your time with us here today. Spend a little bit more time with us, and we want you to come back with us next week. Somebody say next week. Next week, we're having our family fun day. We want it just as full as it is here now. Bring somebody with you. We're going to have food. We're going to have games, inflatables for the kids. It's going to be a great time for everyone. Amen. Just a couple more seconds. Want to make sure our men of God can get. Amen. Please stay and take some pictures and have a great time today. Amen. Looking for a thumbs up. Now, in preparation for the train station is going to be out in the lobby. We're going to ask everybody to exit through the rear. And we thank you so much for your patience today. We don't want anybody to get hit by the train. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to have benediction. 
Can we lift our hands? God, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to be born, to live, and to die for us. Now, thank you, Lord, for those that have come in this room to bless you and to hear the word. God, we thank you, Lord, that we are of the many seeds. We thank you, Lord, for this being a blessed holiday season today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for reconciliation, that somebody receives a call from a family member, that, that families get together and are mended, that you mended up the broken places that are between us. God, we thank you, Lord, that you heal us, you deliver us, you set us free, and you give us a great day, and you thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. God, we love you. We bless you, and we thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 God bless you. Fellowship with us outside. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.